the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to BizBerg. I'm John Hall and today's program is sponsored by City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. With us today is the president and the CEO of City Mission, Dean Gartland. Dean, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing good, John, and good to be here. Thank you, Dean. Always a pleasure to check in from the good folks at City Mission. I know that uh, during this very odd time we've been living in the last 10 months or so, this pandemic COVID era, that City Mission has continued on with their mission and not only been able to continue on, but to thrive as well, despite the challenges. If you wouldn't mind, Dean, can you take a moment here and give us an update about uh, what's been happening at City Mission during this uh, COVID time? Uh, yeah, John, this has been a, obviously, uh, as many organizations, nonprofit, for-profit, doesn't matter. I mean, everybody's had to make adjustments and and face uh, challenges that they have never uh, planned for, prepared for, uh, or anticipated that would come along. And so we were uh, obviously very much um, taken back with this whole thing, and and it did alter uh, a, a number of things that we did throughout the year. And I just want to touch, share a little bit about that with you because this is some of the things that that have happened that we had to adjust, but they're they're still continuing, and hopefully as we move forward and the and vaccinations become more readily available and more people are vaccinated hopefully everything starts to open up more but uh some of the things that we were just challenged with was one was simply um uh admitting more people into our program it was a challenge for us to do that uh, be simply because you know uh we wanted to protect those who were living here uh men women children our veterans uh, we certainly didn't want to bring anyone in that might uh, be positive and then have someone here contract uh, COVID. So we were being very, very careful with that. Uh, we did uh, do some admissions, but not many. We, we curtailed that quite a bit. Uh, we had to change the way our meal program operated. Uh, uh, we used to the walk-ins that would just come in every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, to come in, they'd sit down and have a meal. Well, we, uh, under the advisement of our medical team, they, you know, we, we had to stop that. And so we had to do all these grab-and-go uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner uh, to provide for those. And then, obviously, we have a Samaritan Center where uh, we provide food bags to the areas, uh, uh, you know, working poor and uh, that uh, that live in our area that use our uh, a Samaritan Center to be able to supplement some of their uh, food needs. Uh, so we they used to come in and just be able to pick from our shelves and fill a bag up and take it with them. Well, we had to change all that, fill the bags up, and have everything prepared. They would come to the door. We would hand it hand it out to them. And so there was um, quite a number of challenges that we've had to face uh, because food was so critical when people lost their jobs. We had, uh, we did what was called a pop-up pantries uh, that we did throughout the, using our stores uh, as uh, locations to be able to do that as well as uh, right here at the, at the city mission. So 
that was early on through the uh, through this pandemic back in March and April and May. But then as we got through the summer, <clears throat> the uh, things uh, just kind of um, continued the way they were. The, the, the interesting thing was we did not have a single a positive COVID case uh, here through the summer, all the way through this, up until uh, November. Uh, right about mid-November was our first uh, case where a resident be, was positive for COVID, and uh, we went into, you know, emergency mode again uh, just to protect everybody. And so uh, that was a, a challenge. And here we are today. Uh, today, the uh, here at the beginning, uh, here in January, the uh, we're COVID-free on our campus. Uh, we actually had 11 of our residents had contracted COVID over this period of time. All have recovered and are all doing well. Uh, we also had five of our staff that had contracted COVID, but they have all recovered as well and are back to work. So at the present time, uh, our campus is free. We have started to take people into our program. Um, uh, on a uh, very uh, uh, strict basis, on a with uh, with restrictions, but uh, but we started to have some semblance of order here. That in in terms of being able to bring people in who are just in need of our services, and so we've been starting to uh, fill our beds up again. And uh, several of our uh, we had one dorm we actually shut down because we just didn't want to fill those beds at this time but uh, we are now starting to uh, to do that so it was a it certainly was a challenging time from november through uh near the end of december but the um but we were able to get through it and here we are today uh covid free on our campus and so we're very very uh grateful for that Dean, that really is an amazing update i mean I mean, all this COVID time, of course, people have been thinking about and praying about those first responders, those men and women who are, you know, in the hospitals, the doctors and nurses and all the staff. And at the same time, I think it's very fair to say that City Mission, the work you're doing is also first responder work as well. Uh, can, can you it talk is. about that and, and the staff especially? You know, I'm sure the logistics that you've described as you're talking about this all the different uh, details, the minutiae, the day-to-day of just ensuring the programs move forward, that the men, the women, the women with children, the veterans, they're all taken care of. Of course, the, the working poor in the neighborhoods around City Mission that had to do something not only to you, but to the staff as well. I mean, I'm sure that there were moments of, of great despair, but also moments of high praise. Well, yes, this was a um, uh, our staff. I can't say enough about them. How they uh, just you know rose to the challenge. Um, you know the the uncertainty of what you know uh, contracting this uh, virus and what impact it's going to have on you physically and on your families. Because our our staff, you know, they have families that they go home to. And so working at a facility like ours is is creates its own set of additional challenges uh, that maybe a lot of other people may not have uh, at you know have to face but our staff just really did an outstanding outstanding job they uh, uh, we knew that um, you know when that first po- we first positive case would come on our campus we were going to have to 
put some real uh, um, initiate some real other additional restrictions in order to make sure it doesn't uh, become a major problem and really spread. And so we had plans in place just in case that would happen. And so when that first case did happen here at the mission, uh, we were able to implement uh, those additional uh, measures and uh, to keep it from really becoming a major problem in our community. Because you figure we have 160 beds here. I mean, this is, uh, it could truly be a major catastrophe. Yeah, close quarters. Uh, yeah, if this virus really would have spread. So we we implemented our uh, plans and were able to keep people uh, safe. We actually went and uh, had a hotel willing to uh, help us with some of our uh, emergency cold weather folks uh, that were coming because of the low temperatures and so that we could put them in a hotel as well as uh, some folks that may have potentially been exposed to COVID, uh, and we needed to quarantine them until their test results came back. We were able to do that as well. So we put a number of measures in place, sanitizing all throughout our campus. Uh, so I really look at this, and, and, and when I see, well, we had 11 residents over this period of time that contracted COVID. A few of them uh, really did get sick. Most of them... Uh, were asymptomatic. Uh, a couple of our staff really were sick as well, and, and uh, the other staff were asymptomatic. So it did not really create the kind of um, um, problem that normally you might see, like in a nursing home or something like that. I see. That's really good news. Hey, if you just joined us, this is Bisberg. I'm John Hall. Today we're talking with Dean Gartland. He's the president and the CEO of the City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. So if you think about City Mission, we'd ask you you to pray daily for City Mission, for their work in caring for the the homeless in the Washington County area. CityMission.org. You can find them on the web or by calling 724-222-8530. That's 724-222-8530. Well, Dean, as you always do, let's turn and, and speak to uh, one of your residents at City Mission because I know the excellent work you do. Men and women and women and children come in, veterans come in. They come in one way and uh, they are cared for, prayed with, taught life skills and uh, find a new life in Christ and a new life here on earth as the work that you do. And so uh, today, um, a resident, Robert B., is with us. And Robert, uh, thank you for joining us today here on Bisberg. How are you doing? Real good. Listen, Robert, I'm always excited to hear a resident's story about uh, what their life was like, who they were, um, uh, working through decades of whatever it is that came upon them, and then what happened and where they are now. So, if you take some time and share with share with us your story of your experience and your strength and your hope, that would be a blessing, I'm sure, to many in our audience. Excuse me. Well, uh, I got myself into a little situation that wound up sending me to prison over drug abuse. And as I was there, I started getting clean. Well, I was getting clean before I got there. And from there, I was, you know, doing good. And I found myself to be in a situation that they wanted me to go to a center that 
I really particularly didn't want to go to. So we, I talked to a social worker, and she wound up calling here at the mission. And she set me up with an interview with a house coordinator here. And we did the interview, and they accepted me into their program. Fabulous. And so, Robert, um, just backtrack for a little bit. You spent how long? How long was your prison sentence? Five years. So five years, essentially, because of that, of course, pretty much clean and sober. And now you're coming out into the real world. Well, uh, describe your feelings well, about that. Well, the whole period of time, I wasn't clean and sober in there. It's, but anyways, as of to date, I've been clean for 29 months. Fabulous. Excellent. I just celebrated on the 15th, 29 months. That's a major milestone, isn't it? Yes. Is that the first time in your life? It's the first time I've ever been clean this long. Good. Great. Okay, so then pick up the story. I'm sorry that I interrupted you. So then someone calls the city mission. uh, They start to make a placement, and you agree to go and and be part of the mission. Yes, and I got accepted into their program, and... Since I've been here, I have become, I was a big brother coordinator. I'm a RA right now, residential assistant. Um, I accomplished about getting my uh, forklift operator certificate. I also am in a study for OSHA certification for uh, agricultural. And I've actually been talking to one of the pastors that is here about becoming ordained. Wow. Wow. That's a lot to accomplish in, in a short period of time. Uh, let's talk about your, your spiritual life. Before, uh, in your past life, talk about your connection with God. Um, I had talk none. about your upbringing. I, I, I was actually baptized Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I was an altar boy. But when I turned, like, 18, it was like... Totally done. Sure. I, I didn't that. I didn't have faith in nothing and just was on a wild spree. Yeah. And so it was a long time. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was just decades. You know, you just yes. took care of yourself for better or worse. Yes. And then I got into the drugs and alcohol and this yeah. led me down to a path that, you know, it was just unstoppable. You're right. I get that. Yeah. Okay. So then... Talk about then City Mission and, you know, you walk into a place where there are a bunch of believers in Jesus. Uh, what were your feelings about that? Uh, at first, I was a little confused, put it that way. Until you've been around a lot of these people and you could see where their heart is really at. I was... To tell you the truth, I was one of the residents that got really sick. Really? With COVID? From the COVID. Yeah. And I had every day, there was every day here, I had one of the staff, or two or three actually, come and check on me every day to make sure that I was fine. So when you experience that, of course, you know... No one's perfect, but but there is a difference, isn't there, between people yeah. 
who are actively engaged in a relationship with Jesus and those who are. It's right. And I do read the Bible. Actually, I got a app on my phone. I read a verse every day from my phone. And I didn't realize what agape love is until now. And talk about that uh, in your own life, the, the witness of agape love in your own life and how you've, how you've embraced that in some form. I, this, this is one of the best opportunities I've ever had in my life. I've, I've come around positive people that believe that are believers. And they do help you a lot. And, I mean, it's, it's just unreal. It's just totally unreal. I agree. Yeah, it does feel unreal. Okay, so then it, just as a side thing, you know, you get, at some point, you know, uh, within those 20 months of sobriety and all the work that you've done, it, all the training, 29. the skills that you've learned, at some point you're going to go back out and live your life as a man again. Um, yes. Yes. What does that look like for you? What are your hopes and dreams as that one day would come upon you and you would leave City Mission? Well, actually, I've been talking to our house coordinator, well, two house coordinators about that. And, uh, you know, they, they give me good, strong advice about things that, you know, that will help me in the future. I mean, I've seen people come in here that was very successful when they left. And, and so I believe I can well. be one of them people, too. Yeah, I believe it as well. I mean, what I know about City Mission is that they've given you the tools to create a strong foundation. And if you use those tools, your life will never be the same. It'll be totally different. You'll be a new creation in Christ. Exactly. They give you everything that you need. It's up to you to take it from there. Well, Robert, my hope is this, that, uh, that as that day comes, whether it's sooner or later, that you go out into the world and, and you prosper and that you are a disciple for Jesus and for everybody that you meet forward, they see the light of Christ in your life as you've seen the light of Christ in those at the City Mission. So to hear your story, it's a great encouragement for me and uh, to know that there are good things ahead in store for your life. So thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it. You hear a story uh, of a man who, who lived his life in one way and uh, through the time at City Mission, praise God that uh, he is a new creation. And so we are grateful for that. As you listen to this program today, it's uh, Bisberg here. That, uh, know that this is not a, an uncommon story, that every day small miracles and large miracles happen at City Mission. This is the intent, the purpose. Over decades of time, the work that City Mission has done with men and women, women and children, and veterans. I'd encourage you right now, as you hear this story, to look up City Mission on the web at citymission.org or by calling City Mission, whether you are a volunteer, whether you'd like to give financially, whether you yourself are someone who's on the precipice of, of in the, the dungeon of darkness, spiritual darkness, and you need help, any one of those things. 724-222-8530. That's 724-222-8530.
Let's go back and speak with Dean Gartland. Dean is the president and the CEO of the City Mission. Dean, um, again, you hear that story. I know that it's got to be awfully difficult in this time, especially in the COVID time. But the work that you're doing, as difficult as it is, it bears great fruit. Well, yeah, this is uh, when you hear, you know, Robert's story like that. That's uh, again, and I, you know, go back to what you just said, John, which is a, you know, something that happens here every day. And so we we see this this life transformation take place as a result of somebody coming in and <clears throat> taking advantage of what is being provided to them. And so um, the, our our program is unique in that way, in that we really do look at what the barriers are. In the life of someone, uh, that the barrier stands between them and independence. And so we help that individual identify those barriers and then begin to develop a plan uh, to mitigate or eliminate those barriers so that person can live the most independent life possible for them. And so when you hear Robert's story and you hear, you know, the challenges that he's had, uh, from drug and alcohol issues to prison, and, and usually sometimes you know people that have you know go through those experiences, uh, their opportunity for in the future are very limited. Uh, but here we are able to work and help our residents work through many of those issues, and really be able to see a much brighter, uh, prosperous future for them, uh, living a totally different life. And Dean, speak to that because, again, I, I need to go back to to the staff because, I mean, you see men and women who come in broken, and, and not to you know, um, well, I, I guess I kind of have to in some way, you know, the the anointing of saints, and, and again, you know, as a believer, we understand that. But if you would say the anointing of saints to a secular world, you know they would think that that's kind of crazy talk, but Mm -hmm. the men and women who are there on the front lines. And of course, I'm going to include yourself as well. The anointing of the saints and, and that, that example of Christ likeness. I mean, that just doesn't happen organically. This is something that's, you know, that's birthed and then created day by day in the involvement of the people that are there. So, you're doing something right there in the engagement of your staff that they are one way and they're able to communicate to the people, the men and women, the children who come into the city mission. So that's a big thing. There's Christ-like holiness that's involved at the mission. Well, one of the great things that we have here, too, is many of our staff have um, also come through similar uh, situations that you hear from many of our residents Many of our staff also were there one one time at, uh, in their past, and the relationship with Christ absolutely transformed them uh, and changed their lives. And so they've been, they've been on a, a new journey uh, with Jesus for a number of years, and then here they are coming here to work. Um, and, and for many of them, it's a way of giving back. And, uh, so, the, and so for our staff, they really do understand uh, many of the issues and, and, and barriers that those wa- who walk through our doors are experiencing. So they're able to share with them. They're able to share uh, how to get over it and what the uh, uh, the steps are that they need to be working. And so 
it, it is it really is a miraculous thing to watch as just you know as our staff help our residents achieve a greater level of independence and it's uh just and i i rejoice with them as you know i see this uh every day and and i'm so proud of what the staff has done specifically and particularly over through this covid time uh they came every day some of them had to work double shifts when some of our staff uh were out sick and they uh came in they did their job they did it with integrity they did it with enthusiasm uh and because they are committed uh to the goal of sharing Christ and to make sure that the with the shelter heal and restore the homeless independent living they're committed to that mission and so uh very very happy to see how our staff have handled this all through this since COVID started back in February. Fabulous. That's Dean Gartland. Dean is the president and the CEO of the City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. So as you hear the story of, of Robert B., who is a resident of City Mission, and Dean, who uh, runs the day-to-day operation, of course, all these things, they, they come at a cost. And City Mission is here today to just say one thing, that God be praised, but also to be part of that mission you know, the financial, the prayer, the energy, the whole, the whole motion of this requires the day-to-day help of you. So we would come to you at this moment and say, be part of the city mission ministry, be part of their work, whether it is through prayer or financial giving. I'd encourage you right now to look at city mission online at citymission.org or even deeper, call them right now and talk to them. There's a place for you. The need is great and the work is going to go on until Christ comes back. So, 724-222-8530, the power of changing lives for the good forever with Jesus in the middle. It happens every day at the City Mission. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. This has been Bisberg. I'm John Hall. Until next time, God be with you.